This is an encounters episode. Encounters. <laughs> this podcast is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, still. one ghost. And I'm Sabrina. I'm Corinne. We are your ghostesses for the evening or afternoon or early morning or middle of the night if you can't sleep. And this episode, we there's not much work done by us because we read your stories. Yeah. These are things that you guys experienced and you emailed us and so you did the work thank you for being haunted and sharing your experience with us and thank you for living through the experience to share with us (laughs) oh there was one story i'm not reading it tonight but i will read it in a near future episode but it came in like this past week and i have told everyone (gasps) that i know i love getting stories like that but i also hate not knowing what it is i have something funny slash terrifying to tell you Okay, so this past weekend, I was home alone because Nick was in Minnesota for the Super Bowl. He did not go to it, but he was just there with his family. And Mike was camping. So it was just me all weekend. And on Friday night, I was editing our most recent episode. And probably until like 1130 at night. And then I was like, okay, I'm exhausted. And I'm probably a little scared. So I'm going to take a melatonin and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And... All of a sudden, I hear a weird noise, and it's like a weird little chime, and I look around, and I'm like, oh, that's weird, but like, very possibly could be coming from outside or from a neighbor's, like upstairs or whatever. Then it turns into this weird, dark, swelling, haunting music, and Nick and I have an Alexa, and I, I immediately go, Alexa, shut up, and I unplug her, and then I FaceTime Nick, and he is dying of laughter because he did did it it. he was playing around on the alexa app and decided to play spooky haunted tracks on the alexa to scare me (laughs) at 11 30 p.m oh my god how mean but such a good friend i was like oh my god you're so terrible at least (laughs) at least i knew who did it but it was just so awful and in the moment when i first heard the noise like my heart was racing See, you're smart enough, though, that you immediately were like, oh, Nick did this, or call Nick. <laughs> but I would have just been, like, unplugged it and not spoken to anyone and been like, oh, my God, I can never tell anyone what happened. No one will ever come over again. <laughs> I was so terrified. I had to I had to confirm that it was something. <laughs> Where is the speaker? Is it in your it's living room? Right was next it in to the my bed. that you were in? Yeah. Oh. At least you were safe in your bed. Yeah, but we've learned that that's Ish. not true. You're never well, safe. I still like to believe sometimes. <laughs> I erase from my memory the things that we've learned from this podcast, and I'm just going to live my life like I did six months ago before this, before we had all these experts telling us. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I also feel like everything on Facebook now is just paranormal stuff, maybe because the internet can read my mind. Or just, like, knows my habits. Yes. So my mom, she listens when she can, mm-hmm. but not always because she gets scared. <laughs> and she told me that she had a very vivid dream that she woke up in there. Her and my dad were in their room, and there were black-eyed kids there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, did you listen to the black-eyed kids episode? And she's like, no, I didn't. She's just seeing enough of people posting in our Facebook <laughs> group about them that now she's having nightmares about them. Yeah, they're scary. But in her dream, <laughs> it's funny because she was she was scared of them in her dream. But then they disappeared, and she walked over to the area where they were before, 
and since it's a dream, everything is kind of like messed up. Um, but they, they left a big cobweb and she went and got the feather duster and were like, Ugh, look at what they did. They made a mess. And it's like (laughs) using her lamb's wool duster. Oh my gosh. So that was her dream. It was like a stress cleaning slash black eyed kids dream. As if black eyed kids aren't scary enough. Now they are acting like spiders. So now I'm going to be equally as terrified. (laughs) I have not dreamt in so long and it's been so nice because I just knock myself out with melatonin. Oh, that is nice. I can't use melatonin. I used to use melatonin, but it affects me too much. It affects my speech. It doesn't wear off on my body quickly enough. Oh, so it's like way too long lasting. Yeah, I'll wake up eight hours later, ten hours later, and I won't be able to speak. My brain isn't connected to my mouth anymore. (laughs) Not that it, like, is normally. I have a really hard time articulating what I'm thinking. (laughs) But I think I'm just not good at taking drugs in general. It's probably not a bad thing. My body body can't hang. I'm like the one kid that your middle school guidance counselor was like, don't smoke weed because you'll die. But, like, that's me. (laughs) I something horrible will happen to me. But everyone, don't smoke weed. <laughs> they can't see you winking. <laughs> I'm winking. Don't smoke. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> I forgot. It's legal a lot of places I in know, the States it's now. legal in California. Times are changing. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just do what you want. I wonder. Just be happy. Yeah. And be nice to everyone. So let's get into our own conspiracies and ghost stories. Yes. Okay. I have... So our first one is from... Jess, and the subject line is Spooky Listener Story. Hey ladies, my name is Jess, and I just started the podcast last week. It's such a wonderful mix of charming and spooky. I love how y'all include your own personal ghost stories as well as local lore and legends from where you live. My best friend's parents' house is out in the middle of nowhere, and over the years, we've noticed that it's become increasingly haunted, which makes me think that whatever's living in the house is just getting more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever it says increasingly haunted. Yeah. It's probably just getting more power. Yeah. The land it's built on was close to or part of a large plantation way back when, and a lot of the old houses in the area are haunted AF. <laughs> it's a common thing for her parents to go on trips for work or vacation and ask us to keep an eye on the house. Not sleeping there, but, by, but just stopping by and feeding the dog slash watering the plants when the neighbors can't do it. So one night, we stopped by late, and we were sitting in the kitchen. I was reading silly short ghost stories off of Facebook while she was prepping the dog's food. Here's the story I was reading. Today's ghost story. Knock, knock, thump, thump, bang, bang, bang. That's it. I thought it was funny, and I read it out loud to her. As soon as I read the words, bang, 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 above us in the loft, we both heard heavy footsteps go, bang, bang, bang. She turned and looked at me. I looked at her, and we didn't say a single word until we got the hell out of the house and were out of the driveway. Needless to say, we don't wait until it's late at night to go check on the house now. So thanks thanks for letting me share and keep up the great work. I look forward to new episodes. Jess. Especially, like, a stranger's house. I know. That's what's really scary. It's just, it's creepier when it's in someone else's house because it's like, well, I'm unfamiliar with Territory. Yeah. And where I am. It's almost as if the ghost would be able to trap you because. Yeah, you're more vulnerable. Which would then give them more power because they feed off of fear. 
Uh, and energy. So when someone asks you to water their plants and feed their animals, just say no. Just say, I can't. Sorry. I don't like ghosts. Sorry. I'm afraid of ghosts. So I actually <laughs> can't come over. And they're like, what? Our house isn't haunted. Can't take the risk. Can't take the risk. <laughs> I love it. That's a great excuse. <laughs> like they don't oh my bring it up. Just sorry. I can't come. I'm afraid of ghosts. <laughs> you know what else is a great excuse? What? If you, like, don't want to go to a friend's party or something, be like, sorry, I'm haunted. <laughs> Can't come. Can't come. Something's, like, beating on me right now, so. <laughs> I best conserve my energy. That makes it sound like a vampire. <laughs> well, we don't know the black-eyed kids aren't part vampire. That's true. Okay. This one is from Nikki. She titled it, Apparently Ghosts Really Like My Family? Hi, ladies, and Leia the cat. My name is Nikki, and I've always been very interested in the paranormal ever since my first run-in with a ghost in my childhood home. I've lived in San Diego, California all my life, and both houses I have ever lived in have been haunted or spiritually active. I can't tell if spirits just really like my family or if we keep lucking out on these crazy houses and plenty of stories to share with skeptics. Anyways, here are the stories of both of my houses. Share whatever you like. In my first home, where I lived until I was nine, everyone in my family had experiences with a woman spirit. Though most of my family kept it to themselves, eventually everyone started comparing notes and we realized (laughs) we were definitely dealing with a haunted house. That's funny because that's how my family figured out that our house was haunted. We all individually had many, many experiences and it wasn't until like years later that we were like, do you also see that man standing there for the past four years? <laughs> Family conference time. Let's swap stories. <laughs> Dinner talk. Okay. Besides your usual weird sounds and other ghost-like things, our ghost would touch people, move things, and appear to my dad and I. We did not get a scary evil bu- vibe from the spirit, but some experiences were quite scary. My sister Emily must have had one of the scariest moments in the house. One night, she was in her room sleeping. All of the windows were closed. The door was shut. The AC was turned off. And in the middle of the night, she heard a noise that woke her up and all of the paperwork on her desk flying around above the desk (gasps) and then suddenly dropping. No. Creepy, right? Very creepy. Very creepy. My mom also had a scary moment when one night, she woke up to the feeling of someone's hand wrapped around her ankle. Oh, She thought it was my dad messing around and trying to play a joke on her. But when she rolled over to tell him to stop, he was far on the other side of the giant king bed facing the other way. She could still feel the hand wrapped around her ankle. So she politely asked the spirit to please leave her alone and to not touch her, which (laughs) caused it to let go of her. This ghost only ever appeared to my dad and little four to five year old me. My family was pretty creeped out when I walked downstairs innocently, asking, who's that lady on the stairs? (laughs) (laughs) Our house's stairs had a landing halfway down, and I distinctly remember walking past a lady who looked incredibly real in a long dress. My My parents assured me that no one was there and were pretty freaked out by it. My dad was the only other person in my family to see her. He was getting ready for bed one night in the front of his bathroom mirror when he saw who he thought was my mom in a dress walk by behind him in the bedroom. He thought this was weird, however, because my mom doesn't wear dresses, and he saw the woman pass again, and he noticed the woman was not my mom, and that my mom was downstairs and nowhere near the bedroom. 
My sister Carrie at this point had not had any experiences with the ghost and did not believe that there was one when we told her about it. A few weeks later, Carrie was home watching me with the rest of the family while the rest of the family was out. It was late and I had gone to bed. She was hanging out downstairs watching movies when she heard me calling her name from upstairs. Oh no. She remembers me saying, Carrie, Carrie, come up here. She was annoyed that I was sneaking out of bed so late, but went up anyways when I kept calling for her. Once she got upstairs, she walked to my room to find me fast asleep. We believe the ghost had mimicked my voice to get her to come upstairs. Safe to say, we were all pretty scared after that, but our ghost friend never harmed any of us. When we looked into the history of the land, we discovered that there used to be a plant nursery on the exact plot of the land where we had built our house. Maybe someone died there. Maybe the building of the house welcomed some spirits back. Who knows? I moved into a new house when I was nine with my mom and my dad. And I point out that she said, I moved into a new house when I was nine with my mom and my dad, and she didn't bring up her sister, which makes me feel less guilty about always forgetting my brother in stories (laughs) and just saying, my parents and I. So I'm assuming Carrie went with them. Probably. For the first seven years or so, we never had any feelings of spirits being present. A few years back, we began having some weird suspicious moments from time to time. Things like doors slowly opening, distinct footsteps upstairs, and other weird sounds. We shrugged it off as much as we could, considering we'd gone so long with no no ghost-like activity. By now, we're convinced that there's a spirit or two roaming around our house, and I don't know what brought them here. A couple years ago, I was standing in my bedroom alone, late at night. I was standing over by my dresser, sorting through things, and suddenly I felt a tug on the hood of my hoodie. I felt my hood move with a tug and land back down on my back, and when I turned around, no one was there. It was the creepiest thing. I asked politely for it to leave me alone since I'm a young, paranoid girl who really needs to be able to go to sleep at night and does not appreciate being touched. (laughs) Don't blame her. No, right? I think she was right to say, please don't touch me there. Soon after that, I began having a reoccurring nightmare that I'm still not sure if it was a dream or if it really happened. In my sleep, I would begin to feel a heavy weight holding me down onto the bed, almost pushing me into the mattress. We're familiar with that. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Awfully familiar. I would feel this weight slowly come on and would try to fight it with all my power before it would eventually get the best of me and win. Again, I don't know if this was part of the dream or if this was real, but I would be stuck lying there and would eventually fight enough to stand up. Once I stood, I would push and push my way out into the hallway, trying my hardest to get to my parents' room for help. This kind of reminds me of that when I was talking about, like, being awake. Mm-hmm. And like the circus, like like you're fighting and yeah. everything's against you. The whole way there, I would feel the weight pushing me down until I would eventually fall onto the ground, waking up on the ground sometime later to get back into bed and try to fall asleep again. That dream was the most horrifying thing, and I'm still s- scared of it happening again and hope it never does. For a while after that period, there was not much activity besides some footsteps and some creaking doors. A few weeks ago, though, we had our first ghost sighting. My mom woke up in the middle of the night to see a man dressed in some long coat and a hat (gasps) standing and looking out the window next to her bed. She stared at him, and she reached for my dad, blinking and rubbing her eyes, trying to see if he was really standing there. She could not make out any facial features and did not recognize the spirit as being anyone that she recognized. The next morning, she began to tell my dad about what she had seen, and before she finished her sentence, my dad asked, The man by the window? (gasps) 
My dad went and stood exactly where my mom had seen the ghost standing, telling her that he also saw him when he got up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom. A few nights later, my dad woke up to see the figure standing at my mom's side of the bed, facing her, but not doing anything. So my dad, being the dad he is, shrugged it off and casually fell back asleep without waking my mom to tell her that there's a ghost staring at her. What? Or telling it to leave her alone. Um, if anyone, I'm putting this out there to the world, if anyone sees something staring at me while I am sleeping, wake me up. Yes, or tell it to I want to, to know. Do both. <laughs> tell it to leave and also wake me up. Yeah, but also how terrifying if someone wakes you up and they're like, Hi, I know that the thing isn't here anymore and you don't see it. I hope you were having a good restful night, but you're not going to sleep anymore because there was a big ass man staring at you. That would be kind of scary. Yeah, but it happened. So, like, I'd want to (sighs) know. Yeah. I also, being stared at when you're sleeping or when your eyes are closed is one of the creepiest feelings. And you immediately feel it. Well, remember the person that I thought maybe was possessed? Yeah. That happened. Anyway, she said, since then we have heard more movement and my dog is suddenly terrified of our dining room table. It just Hmm. really... I'm just really curious what could have invited these spirits into our home all of a sudden. Wish us luck. I'm loving the podcast and looking forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work, Nikki. (sighs) Always trust your pet. Yes, always trust your pet. But it also seems like their whole family is just very, like, open to the paranormal. So maybe it's just passing. The first house was definitely, like, a, I think, like a resident ghost. Mm -hmm. But maybe this man was just a passing, just, you know. Stop yeah, by. because my mom says that, too, about our house when we're like, well, why are things here? And she's like, it's probably because of our energy. We just have a more open energy. Right. We coexist somewhat peacefully with them, and they come, and they're like, well, I was passing through for the night, but now I think I'll stay. So basically, if you know you're open to paranormal things, you should probably put a sign on your door and say, ghosts are welcome here, but please don't watch me sleeping, and only if you're good. Mm-hmm. And then keep a packet of spices in your pocket and throw them at people. Yeah. The ghosts. Mm-hmm. Or the mothmen or whatever creature's coming for you. My brother and I, growing up, because, okay, so our house obviously was spiritually active. I've talked <laughs> about this before. It's not, there's not much going on right now. But when we were younger, it was to the point where it was like almost every night something was happening. So we used to try to set up cameras and we would literally put out a blank sheet of paper and write down questions and put a pen there, hoping that they would Aww. write back to us at night. You guys were ghost hunters. We were. We were. Oh, it reminds me of something that happened to my brother. What? <laughs> you have to tell me now. Uh-huh. You're teasing me so much this episode. I hate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so when we were pretty young, I don't know how young he was, maybe like four or five we were going to play some game or do something, and he wanted to wear his Buzz Lightyear costume, which is so cute. <laughs> that is cute. So he goes marching over. My mom and I are both on the second floor with him because our bedrooms are are on that floor. Mm-hmm. And so I remember distinctly where we were standing in the hallway, and he marches off 10 feet to go to his bedroom and go into his closet and grab his costume. And he comes running down the hall, like sliding on the wood floors, panicked. Because when he walked into his bedroom closet, there was a girl hovering 
a few feet in the air, not looking at him or doing anything. She was just hovering there, and she had her hands kind of like in a prayer position. What? And was muttering something <gasps> to herself. And he was like, oh, no, and booked it out of there. So we obviously... What? Tried to cleanse the closet. Yeah, he was pretty scared. That's terrifying. And now I don't go in his closet. <laughs> not that I have use for going into his closet, but I'd rather not. Wow. Yeah. If closets weren't scary enough, everyone think about that before you go to bed tonight. Humana, humana, humana. Just standing there staring. <laughs> That's so spooky. Did you ever see her again? No, he was the only one. He saw her once, and that was it. She appeared, wow. and then she left. Jeez. <gasps> so scary. I don't think he's ever seen anything from his closet again. Because he moved all of his clothing out of it and never opened it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sealed shut with holy water and salt. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. This is from Kayla, and it is titled Ghost, Guardian, Angel Story. Hey, y'all. So this is my family's ghost story. When my father was a young boy, his grandfather passed away. When his mother came to his bedroom in the middle of the night to inform him of the news she had just received in regards to his grandfather's passing, he claimed he already knew. My father explained to my grandmother that his grandfather had just come to his room and talked to him. He had informed my father that he had passed away and then told my father a word in a language he didn't know. When he repeated this word to my grandmother, she rushed him to their priest the very next morning in fear that my father was in danger since she recognized it was Latin. When my father repeated this story to the priest, the priest seemed aghast. Upon further prodding by my grandmother, it was re revealed that the strange Latin word loosely translated to guardian angel in English. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have chills. This story was told to me a few years ago, but since then, it has been mentioned to me a few times by my grandmother that my father was always so close to the spirit world. Often visited by those that had passed, he had also dreamed premonitions of events to come. My father's parents expressed concern for these events and persuaded my father to not talk about them as a child. They soon were forgotten, pressed away in the recesses of the family's mind, and never spoken about since. My father's guardian angel stood by his side all of his life and even, as I believe, protected him while he was deployed overseas. My father always says his gut has protected him, but being a strong believer in the afterlife and the supernatural, I have reason to believe someone, possibly my great-grandfather, may have had a hand in saving my father from many fatal outcomes. Have a great day, and I hope you enjoy the story. Kayla. Oh my gosh, that's such a good story. That's really sweet. It's so sad that the family was just kind of spooked by it and decided that it can't be talked about in their home. Yeah, because I get I get not wanting your child to go around and tell everyone about right. what's happening for fear that something will happen to them. I mean, just look at all the witchcraft phenomena, all those trials. I know, that's true. Or just, yeah. I mean, there's even modern day people are being accused in villages of being a witch. So, right. yes, we don't live in a country where that happens frequently, but it does. Happen. I understand the yeah. hesitation. And I think there's a fear of also just being different mm -hmm. and you don't want your kids to be bullied or anything. And But yeah. let, let your kids be weird. Everyone just but not be yourself. too weird. <laughs> <laughs> not everything is normal. 
They can be weird, but not everything is normal. Like, don't worship Satan. There's my parenting advice, our parenting advice. Yeah, we're good parents because we have personal experience with lots of children of our own. Yep. Yes, I keep mine in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's a cat, so. (laughs) (laughs) I hear plenty of stories about me being awful as a child, so. If that helps. Gosh. That's so nice, though, that she was, like, and my grandfather was the guardian angel and helped my father. Yeah. It is sweet. And, too, her father's probably more in tune with the spiritual world. So when right. he's saying his gut, it's he's intuitive and tuned into. I also wonder if because he's kind of pushed everything back because of that, he says it's his gut. But I think maybe had he not pushed it all back, he'd be more aware of things being spiritual rather than Mm -hmm. his gut you know yeah like if he gets a weird feeling about something he's like oh it's my intuition it's my gut but really what he's not admitting or recognizing is that maybe it is a premonition coming through he's just not Mm -hmm. he's rejecting of that now so he's like oh well i just you know my fight or flight kicked in right who knows but i think it's beautiful and i wish i had a guardian angel well you probably do yeah, maybe my pop-pop. He visits me in my dreams. Oh, yeah. He probably is then if he's yeah. present and coming and hanging out. Hanging out. This is this very scary story that I'm about to tell you. <gasps> oh, okay. Um, It might change your view of me. <laughs> of you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, When I was in middle school, I was, like, being bullied pretty hardcore for a couple of years, and it was really hard. And I think that I was just very open because of what was going on and obviously my emotions were all over the place so more things could come in mm-hmm. and there was a woman who would appear for like consistently throughout those two years that I was having a really hard time and she would appear in my room at night kind of over towards my closet door I had a mirror a wall length mirror and a closet door right next to each other so I don't know what area she was getting access from but she would always appear right there And she just looked a little scary appearance-wise because she was a bigger woman. She was bigger boned. She was tall, wore long, drapey black clothing and had really long, straight black hair. Oh my gosh. But I used to say that she was my guardian angel because it would, she'd come on like really difficult nights. And this is what is going to sound creepy. But when I would close my eyes, I'd be awake, but I'd feel like someone stroking my hair. Like a com- it was a comforting thing. Okay, so she was a good ghost. She didn't look it, but she was, I think. Or maybe I'm queen of the demons, and so she was actually bad. But she was like, oh, future mama, don't be sad. Future mama. <laughs> I don't oh. know who I am. Who knows? Well, I'm glad she could comfort you during a tough time. I just hope she wasn't like priming you for something dark and terrifying like she's gonna come revisit you one day and say remember all the good i did for you like what if you owe her a favor and she's like we didn't make that deal so but maybe you did by letting her stroke your hair you made a deal i haven't seen her in 12 13 years so okay 13 years it's the (gasps) 13th year (gasps) you're gonna turn into a mermaid and see her again yes (laughs) I knew something cool was going to happen. Oh, let me know. Keep me updated. Keep us updated. (laughs) We'll do. We'll do. 
All right, I have another one. This one is from Ashley. She wrote, Sabrina and Corinne, I have a story or two I'd like to share with you ladies. Also, I apologize in advance because I'm writing this on my phone and I want to desperately get it off of my chest and I just can't wait to get to a computer. I love that people feel like we're acting as therapy for them and their ghost stories. Yeah, it's like, well, I'll unload it and it's now their issue. (laughs) Yeah, they can share it with the rest of the world and I don't have to deal with it anymore. Yep. We'll gladly take your stories and what's haunting you. It's a free service we will do for you no matter what. Yes. Please just don't wish your spirits on us. Please do not. Sabrina, you looked so scared when I said that. (laughs) I was like half joking, but you were like panicked. (laughs) I planted an idea in your mind and now I think. Yeah, my mind kind of ran wild with that one. I was like, shit, what if they already did? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. All right. First things first, I need to back up a little before I begin the story. So my dad was something else. He's a lot of the reason I am who I am today, but a lot of people can say that about their fathers. My dad had always been in touch with spiritual energies and his belief in the paranormal. And for a brief period of time, he was even a ghost hunter. No shit. And he never had a problem with introducing me to that world either. (laughs) While my mother would write off the stories as an overactive imagination, my dad always believed my willy tales of footsteps in the attic and objects flying across the room. But anyway, that's not the story. When I was 15, my brother and I had these two mutual friends from his school. We'll call them H and S for the story's sake. One day, my dad took all four of us kids out to the local mall, and our two friends were looking at a Ouija board and were really interested in it. Not another Ouija board story. (laughs) Always. Every other one. Seriously. But you know what? The good thing is, to every other one being a Ouija board, the others are some amazing story of a relative or a guardian angel. So That's true. Those are always such a relief to open and read. And I'm like, thank goodness. Something nice. We have a balanced email inbox now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But being young kids with no jobs, we couldn't afford it. So what does my dad do? He buys it for them. Great (laughs) job, dad. (laughs) So as ignorant little kids, we brought it home and wanted to use it. We didn't get anything from it other than just some jumbled letters and numbers. No big deal. Go on with our little lives. A couple months later, my dad passes away on January 20th. (sighs) Heartbroken me is heartbroken. A couple... Weeks later, my best friend at the time, we'll call her B, is turning 16 and we're having a birthday party. I obviously go, and H and S are there. And guess what they have? Hint, it's the Ouija board. After no. the shenanigans die down, everyone decides to go to the basement of the house and play with the board. In the circle, B, H, S, T, and myself. So there's five of them. Same thing as before, people are asking questions and not really getting anything from the board. So someone suggests, hey, Ashley, why don't you try asking a question? And so I do, and I get a response. At this point, I feel like someone just might be toying with me, so I ask the board, what's your name? To which it spells out J-E-A-N, and my heart sinks. That's my dad's name. No! Everyone in the circle is crying except for me, without explanation. Skeptically, I ask the relationship. The board responds, D-A-D. I'm mad, and at this point, I think someone is seriously fucking with me. So I decide to dig deeper than what they would know. I said, give me a date. The response, 
0.0. Numerically, January 20th. I ask another question. <sighs> Sabrina's crying. Full on crying. I know. So well written. Do you see too. my tears? Yes. Yes, I do. Because she writes it like you feel like you're in the circle with her experience. And the emotions that she's feeling. Yeah. I ask another question. Is anyone here with you? And the planchette moves to yes. I ask who? A-L-M-A. I'm crying right now, by the way, just writing this. And this is when I knew that no one in the room was fucking with me. In that moment, I didn't know how to feel. Alma was my grandmother's name. My grandma passed away a few months before my dad. <sighs> and one of the last things... Sabrina, are you okay? Yeah, this is just really emotional. <laughs> You look like you're having a hard time breathing. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good. Um, and one of the last things she said to him was, Johnny, I'm scared to go alone. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to play anymore. I said goodbye, and I flipped the planchette. I walked away. None of us have spoken about it to this day, and it still haunts me. I remember it so vividly, and this happened almost 10 years ago. I don't know if I actually spoke with my dad or if something was pretending to be him and I'll never know. And I don't know if I want to know. I think I'll leave with just that one story. It's pretty heavy. One last thing. Have you ever heard of the Midnight Man game? If not, look it up. It's up your alley. I promise. Love and light. Ashley. <laughs> I'm just wiping my nose and eyes on my shirt. Yeah, you're literally blowing, blowing your nose <laughs> in your shirt. Ugh. Ashley, that is so... It felt like we were reliving it with her, the way that she told I it. I know. It's... Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, neither really... of us, knock on wood, have had to experience losing an immediate member of our family. Yeah. And I can't imagine. And and especially, like, it was probably so hard for her to even go to that birthday party. And then they decide to bring out a Ouija board and all of that happens. And then... I mean, I hope it really was her, her dad. I mean, her dad bought her the Ouija board. So maybe he just, like, felt yeah. that he could talk to her through that way. And, too, just imagine sitting there and you're – the worst thing that you can imagine happening as a child has just happened to you and you lost your father. And you're sitting around in the darkness around your friends mm -hmm. and you think that they're fucking with you. Yeah, like that, oh, how that's awful. the worst like, joke. That would be oh such a God. terrible prank to it play. It feels like bullying. And I can't imagine the panic that she probably felt in that moment and, like, what do I do? Yeah, like looking around, like, ha feeling like she has no one to trust. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so sad. Um, But should I tell you what the Midnight Man game is? Maybe. Well, we don't want, yeah, we don't want to encourage you to do this. I think all of our listeners are smarter than that, I hope. But then also there's like that thing inside of you that's like so tempted just Curious. to do it because you know yeah. you're not supposed to. But the Midnight Man game is basically like you going through this process and doing all these different steps and about – like you do it at 3.33 a.m., which is the devil's hour. Oh, gosh. And basically it's – the end result of it is that you invited this entity known as the Midnight Man into your home. And the goal of the game is to avoid meeting him in the dark. And so you have to basically, like, the process of the game is 
you're doing these things and moving around and trying to continually move around so that he can't find you as easily. I have a easy way to win the game. Don't don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the most backward game yeah. ever. But apparently, if you lose the game and he finds you, he will remove all of your organs one by one. Oh. Or he will induce a hallucination of your worst fear. What would yours be? Probably spiders everywhere. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like the one where I feel like absolute sheer panic and can't function. Oh my gosh. I'm like imagining it now and I feel it on my skin. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway. So don't play that game. I have one more. Okay. And it's from Marielle Chantal. Oh, our friend. Our friend. Our actress friend from Mexico. Yes, Marielle. She's like the most famous person that we know. She really is. So if you speak Spanish or if you like subtitles like me, uh, Marielle is on a show coming to Netflix called El Vato. It's like a Mexican entourage comedy show. No way. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. She said, hey, Sabs and Corinne, hope you're both doing well. So awesome. You guys are doing a podcast. I love it. So the story that I thought would be most interesting for you guys didn't happen to me directly, but it happened to a close friend of mine. I was there when he had one of his episodes, but I didn't really see anything. I'd like to be clear on that. After piecing in what happened to him with what happened to his father, I think you'd find the story peculiar, to say the least. So a couple of years ago, we went to a friend's ranch near Valle de Guadalupe. It's the wine country about an hour and a half south of the border. There's literally nothing around except for vineyards. A bunch of friends were staying there, including my friend Victor. Not his real name. He didn't want to share his name. So after one of the nights of heavy drinking, we fell asleep in sleeping bags in the main living room. He was sleeping pretty close to me, and I could hear him panting, which is why I woke up. I looked over and thought maybe he was dry heaving because of the excessive drinking. So I asked him if he needed water or or needed to throw up. For a good minute, he wouldn't respond to me. So I got up and I shook his hand. Then he immediately looked at me and asked, do you see that? And pointed to the dark corner. There was nothing. Then he closed his eyes as as if to try to shake it off and said, I know this sounds fucked, but I swear I saw a skinny black figure coming towards me, but once I closed my eyes, it was gone. I insisted he was just drunk, but he said he had seen it before. When Victor was about 10 years old, he was sleeping in his house in Tula Vista, California, when again he awoke and saw a black figure approaching his bed. He closed his eyes, tried to assure himself he was seeing things, opened them again, and he was still there. He did this about three times until the third time the figure was gone. Victor has had instances where he feels presences before, but he told me this one felt malignant. Here is the weird part. About a week earlier from when 10-year-old Victor saw this figure, his father had gone to see a shaman in Tijuana. In a case you don't know, a shaman is usually tied to Mayan culture and is sort of a witch or healer who has ties to to the supernatural. In Mexico, there are lots of shamans because of the culture. A lot of people have been able to pass down these traditions and, in my opinion, gifts that these people hold. Victor's father did not believe in these mediums but agreed to see him because, of a, because a friend insisted he did. Victor's grandfather had passed away and his father wanted to talk to him. The half-African, half-Mexican shaman requested that Victor's father bring him a specific old wine and a cigarette. Victor's father was thrown off, didn't know why he needed these things, but he agreed and brought what he wished. 
When they started the session, it's as if the shaman had disappeared. His normal human body began to turn into a withered, wrinkled old man, as if he was shrinking. Then he began to talk in a language he could not understand. It was as if the spirit had gone into the shaman and was talking to him. Then he began to talk to Victor's father. He was able to ask questions about his grandfather, and he knew the answers to things only they could know. No but a- way. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But after the, se- after the session, he was still a skeptic. About a week after the session, Victor's father was driving in his car talking to a friend. He began to badmouth the shaman and said that he was a phony, and although he was freaked out, he didn't believe much of what happened. Despite this skepticism, he returned about three weeks later. In this session, after the shaman drank the wine, he again shriveled up into this figure that again was unrecognizable. Again, it was as if a different spirit was inside of him talking. He directed himself straight at Victor's dad and said, I wasn't pleased to hear that you spoke poorly of me. You shouldn't have done that. Oh my god, no! How does he know so much? That didn't sit right with me, so I went to visit your son, the blonde one that lives in the second-to-last bedroom, and your daughter, the oldest one that lives in the last bedroom. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm... This is not okay. (laughs) No. After that, Victor's father never went back with them, and we still don't know why Victor saw the same figure so many years after. Let me know if you have any questions, but I didn't get any more information than that. Marielle. Clearly that shaman was into dark magic rather than... Yeah, because why would you ever say that? Like, oh, I heard you spoke ill of me. Right. It sounds like demonic almost. Yeah. And I'm going to send... And I'm going to get revenge. And I'm watching your family and I have power over them now. Because if someone's actually has good intentions and just wants to help and has that power, wouldn't you think that it wouldn't matter what someone says? If someone's skeptical of you, obviously most people are probably going to be skeptical, whether it be because of their beliefs or because they just don't want to believe in that because it's scary to think. Yeah. And then also it's an emotional thing too, because he went initially to go speak to his father Right? So, like, it might have just been scary and hard to admit the fact that he had actually spoken to his father. Mm -hmm. So, he was having a hard time wrapping his mind around it. And the shaman's like, you talk shit on me? I don't like that the shaman basically, ugh, no. because Transformed? Yes, and that's so much regret, too, on your your part. Because you go to see the shaman and everything's supposed to be fine and they're supposed to help you. And then all of a sudden, you've given them access to your family. Right. And it lined up. Exactly when 10-year-old Victor first saw the shadow figure. When they said that, when he said that he went and visited the children. So it's like the shadow, that creature is possessing the shaman, maybe. Or the shaman invited him in. Illuminati. What if, what if the shaman was like, because Marielle was saying how powers are passed down through families. What if Mm -hmm. this man was the only one in his family to not have power. So he gave his soul to something dark in order oh. to have power. Or he just decided to practice dark magic. I don't know. So scary. I would like his name. Not that I'm going to go to Mexico and go to shamans, but. Just to avoid him in general. Just in case there comes a day where, I don't know. Maybe I do yeah. need to go see a shaman in Mexico. I need to not go to him. That's so scary. Thanks. Well, I hope that. That creature doesn't follow him forever. And it does. Yeah. I mean, it's scary because she didn't see him. 
or see the figure, so maybe it only appears to him. <gasps> ew, ew, ew. Oh, gross. Ew. Oh, you know what I just pictured? No, what? This is horrible. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Like, oh, you wake up and you turn over in bed to look at your significant other and that thing is squished between the two of you. <gasps> and so you're screaming, you're trying to get your your person to wake up and then they don't see anything. And the whole time the thing is just as close as the other person and be like, nah, ha, ha. you know? Yeah. No, thank you. This, just why right. is everything staring at us while we sleep? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you ask politely, I'll let you look at me. <laughs> <laughs> You're only allowed to look at me. With my permission. <laughs> I don't know why I went down that path. I shouldn't have. But it's just all those scary those scary movies. Where it's like something's close yeah. to you. Where you're being attacked by something that no one else can see. And it's haunting oh you. Gosh. It's like... It follows that movie. Yeah. Where you're being attacked and you have to panic and, and no only one can, can see, see it, it yeah. but you. Oh, ghosts, why are you so creepy? Why are you so scary? Just be nice, be kind, be special, give us juice. <laughs> give us juice. <laughs> I would be okay with a ghost making me juice. Well, this episode was, I felt a lot of emotions. I know, I feel off now. Just because it... Yeah, we went through a lot. I don't like to feel emotion. <laughs> I'm usually the one that cries on this podcast, but you... I know. Because usually I'm just the cold-hearted bitch. Cold-hearted bitch, just a kiss on the lips. All right, you guys. All right. Thanks for joining us and... Um... Scaring us sufficiently. It's kind of yeah. late at night. Yeah. You guys really make us feel things. Mm-hmm. Sadness, fear, love. Keep emailing your ghost stories to us. We love reading everything that you have to say. Yeah, we read five this episode. Normally, we only yeah. read four. So we're trying to lucky ducks. So mm-hmm. email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail dot com and follow us on all of our social media. Do that. And if you're going to join our Facebook group, please answer the two questions so we know that you're not some random person that thinks the group is something more perverted than it is. Just two girls trying to have a good community online. Yeah. Two girls hanging out with other people who like to talk about ghosts. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot to our podcast and helps us get higher up on the charts and also allows us to reach a wider audience, which is always fun to share ghost stories with more people and then if more people know about the podcast more people email us their terrifying stories which then you get to hear so everyone benefits it all comes around Mm -hmm. so just do it just do it do it you're in a singing mood i'm becoming delusional i'm tired let me go to sleep i hope everyone has a good night good day good evening hope you're not awake at 3 a.m and we will See you on the other side.